0: Hey there, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Before we get started, I wanted to send my thoughts out to California, Washington, and Oregon with those horrible, horrible fires. I mean, it is just unbelievably sad to see. So I hope anybody that hears this or anybody that doesn't hear it, I really hope everybody is okay and everybody is staying safe. On today's show, we will discuss Donald Trump's defense of the audio that leaked of him saying he knew about the dangers of the coronavirus. The NFL is back and there are different kinds of protests and non-protests going on. And there are people who are still not very happy about it. And we will discuss how these fires in California and Oregon and Washington have started. And if there's anything we could do about it. My name is Brian Rundle. This is Run's House. Let's get It started. Does anybody else want to throw their remote through their television when they see really any press secretary of Donald Trump's? Of course, this time, Callie McEnany. Oh, I can't stand when she flips through that binder. I want just somebody to pick that binder up and throw it across the room and say, can you just answer a question without flipping through this ridiculous, stupid binder? I mean, she's probably got tabs on all of them. And when a reporter brings something up like, hey, when Bob Woodward caught Donald Trump saying that he knew about the coronavirus and how dangerous it was. And there she is flipping a coronavirus tab. I got it. Okay. So here's how I'm going to answer this question. Oh God, these people just make me sick. Her and Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Sarah, what's her name? I don't that's it, right? And then we had the mooch. At least the mooch has done a 180. The mooch can't stand Donald Trump now. Of course, I'm talking about Anthony Scaramucci, who was the press secretary for about 11 days until he started cursing people out like a nutbag. But that's okay. He's on our side now, so I'll uh, we will welcome him. And then who else was there? Sean Spicer, who demanded that there were more people at the inauguration than any other inauguration in the history of the United States and came out defiant. This is how he introduced himself to the country. This is how the press secretary under Donald Trump, the very first one, introduced himself, not just with a complete blatant lie, but he said it with such authority and such anger, like how dare you question How many people were at this inauguration? I don't care that that there was videos and pictures and everything. I was there. I saw it. I did a head count. And I know for a fact there were more people at this inauguration than anyone in the history of the United States. How ridiculous. I mean... This is how we started, and now we are even worse off with these press secretaries. It doesn't matter what happens, what's said, how it's said. They come out and blatantly lie, and now this Callie McEnany has a whole binder full of how to lie to the press and to the American public. So what is their latest lie and latest defense of Donald Trump basically saying that he knew how dangerous the coronavirus was and he just played it down. He didn't want people to get all excited and all jittery. So his strategy was, I'm just going to actually ignore this thing. And not even tell anybody about it. We're just going to say, listen, it's fake. Don't worry about it. You guys just keep doing what you're doing. It's okay. Nobody's going to get hurt. Nobody's going to die. Everybody with this sky is falling attitude, we're not going to make it as Americans if we have that kind of attitude. So go out, have drinks, and do what you got to do, and we'll all be fine. Now, Here's what I've heard a million times. I keep going. People like to keep going back. The opposite side like to keep going back to Nancy Pelosi's comments when she was in Chinatown. It doesn't come to Chinatown and everything is fine. But people forget to add in that as time went on and we. Continued to see the dangers of the coronavirus, Nancy Pelosi completely changed her tune, just like most other people did. Most people started to go, Oh, wait a minute, maybe this is more serious than we had first anticipated. So maybe it is a good idea you don't come to Chinatown, and it is a good idea you don't leave your house. That six foot rule is a good idea. Let's start wearing masks. Most sensible, logical people started going that route. But this president and this administration, nope, he was all over the place. First, I'm going to leave it. First, it's a a hoax. Then it's, yeah, it's the Democrats' latest hoax just to make me look bad. Then it was, it'll just go away. Then it was, I'm going to leave it to the governors. The governors can do whatever they want. Then it was back to being a hoax again, and it was just, it's just so all over the place, but now the defense is, the only reason why I did all that is because I didn't want America to panic. So, as he didn't want America to panic, America died. Okay, not the whole country, but a couple hundred thousand people died. And yeah, again, when you talk to the people out there who are so dead set against this, they're just going to rail on, well, 200,000 people died but the doctors just went ahead and marked it down as a COVID death so they can get paid more money. I mean, look, is it possible that there are some physicians and doctors who took advantage of the system? Yeah, a lot of people take advantage of the system. It's not right. This whole administration has taken advantage of systems left and right. But for the most part, I do believe That most of the doctors, when they reported these deaths, they honestly and truly believed that COVID was the related issue. That it was because if they did not have the coronavirus, they would still be alive today. That is my belief. I mean, call me naive, but if there were 200,000 deaths, I would say maybe 1% to 2% of those, and that's being generous are maybe inflated numbers. But I also go back to saying that the deaths and the cases amount are probably a little bit lower because we weren't counting any of that stuff before we knew what the coronavirus was. It's very possible that some deaths and some cases happened before we were doing any testing. But unfortunately, you cannot have a normal conversation with anybody about this anymore because they want to take a side. This is a, if you admit that there are a lot of numbers and a lot of cases and a lot of deaths, you're going against Donald Trump and we can't have that. But let's look at it the other way. People will go, well, if you admit that some of the numbers are inflated, you're going against Biden. I don't look at it that way. If they're inflated, I truly believe that people who are voting for Joe Biden If their numbers were truly inflated and it was proven, I think I would be outraged if they found that without a shadow of a doubt, a lot of these numbers were inflated. I'd be pissed. I mean, because that's misleading the American public as well. That's no different than what Donald Trump clearly is doing. And right now, all the evidence points to Donald Trump being the one who is misleading the American public, not the doctors and scientists. And when I say evidence, I mean actual audio of Donald Trump saying I'm misleading the American public. But you bring it up to a Trump supporter and they go, ah, you just hate Donald Trump. And I'm like, did you not hear the audio? Yeah, I heard it, but he's just trying to keep America safe and he doesn't want everybody to go crazy and he doesn't want us. OK, I got to get at You know, I think they have a they can't they have a slogan walk away. And I think it's I want to say it's because they're saying they're so in tune with everything and they're so on the point that we just need to walk away. But really, it what it should mean and to me what it means is, I got to walk away from you. You're absolutely right because you're just so ridiculous. You're making no sense. And it would be different if we were talking about sports teams or something. But here we're talking about American lives. And you're going to insist on this bizarre culture war so you could defend a guy who cares nothing about you, nothing. I I will go to my grave saying that. He does not care about me. He does not care about anybody listening to this podcast. He does not care about your Trump uncle. He doesn't care about your Trump niece. He doesn't care about your Trump next door neighbor. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. I would even go as far as to say he cares more about himself than he does his wife, his stupid kids, his stupid son-in-law, and definitely all the ass kissers around him. Well, how could you say that, Ron? I could say that because I'm using logic and evidence. Donald Trump his whole life has cared about nothing but himself. This is the same idiot who literally used to call tabloid magazines under a fake name Using his own voice, but he would use a fake name to call these tabloid magazines to talk about how all these women are in love with him and how what a great businessman he is. And the reporters are just on the other line going, well, I'm not, this is gold. I'm not blowing this. I'm just going to act like I'm talking to this guy. John Barron, I think is one of the names that he used. The level of narcissism is uncanny. I was about to say, unreal. it's uncanny. It's almost... You have to have a specific and a special talent to have that kind of narcissism. Hell, I get messages from people saying, hey, Ron, I really loved your show. It's a great podcast. And I still think to myself, is it really? Am I really doing a good job? I, st- I still don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But this guy, forget it. He's doing the greatest job in the history of this world. You know why? Because he says so. And because his fake publicist says so. He wrote two books about being a great businessman. He sucks as a businessman. Awful. I mean, literally one of the worst businessmen of all time. He made hundreds of millions of dollars from his daddy and blew it all. He bankrupted three casinos. That is impossible to bankrupt a casino. I really, somebody get a hold of me, we'll open a casino, and I guarantee you it lasts longer than Donald Trump's. He had to have his hands on that Taj Mahal. If anybody doesn't know the story about the Taj Mahal, that was being built. It was in the process of being built, and whoever was building it could not finish the project. So there was a bidding war to see who could take over that project. It was Donald Trump, and he got into a bidding war with Merv Griffin, Do you guys know who Merv Griffin is? Most of the older people do, some of you younger people don't, but Merv Griffin was the king of game shows. He owned all these game shows and he got into a bidding war with Donald Trump for the rights to basically take over the rights to finish building the Taj Mahal. He won that bidding because he convinced the board or whoever it was that he was convincing that he had all kinds of banks lined up to give him loans. Well, that turned out not to be true. There were no banks giving Donald loan because going back to what I said earlier, he was a horrific businessman. He was terrible. And everybody in New York laughed at him. They laughed laughed at him. They were, I mean, real millionaires and billionaires, real real estate millionaire and billionaires in New York City would go, is this guy kidding? But no, Donald Trump, he's flying around in the helicopters and in the private jets, and he's acting like he's the richest guy on the planet, while all the other guys are going, no, this guy's a clown. He's nowhere near, not even the top, 20 real estate moguls in New York City, but you would think he was the top one in the world. But anyway, he takes over the Taj Mahal. No banks give him loans. So the only way that he can finish the Taj Mahal is to take out what are called junk bonds. And on these junk bonds, the interest rate was about 14%. So I don't know a whole bunch about junk bonds. I do know about interest rates. And 14% interest rate is gigantic on a $10,000 loan. This guy had a 14% interest rate on multi-millions of dollars. So anybody that knew anything about the casino business said, here's what's going to have to happen just for Donald Trump to break even. What would have to happen is something that is absolutely unheard of. It does not happen. And that is the casino would have to make one million dollars per day for him to break even. And it's unheard of. It just doesn't happen. And of course, because of his ego, he was going to not just finish this Taj Mahal. He was going to make it the biggest, most grand casino in the world. And believe it or not, I've been to the Taj Mahal a long, long time ago in the early to mid 90s, I think it was. Of course, we had to go to that because Donald Trump, I will give him this, is a great marketer because that's what his life had become after his so-called real estate career. He was so bad in his real estate career that, again, as I said, no banks would give him money anymore. So In fact, they were closing down on so many of his projects that what they did was is they said, look, Donald, here's what we're going to do. If we shut this down, it's going to cost us money. So what we'll do is we're going to keep your name on the building and we are going to pay you, I think it was like $400,000 a month in order just to keep your name on the building. And that's really how he became a marketer because he was so bad at real estate. That all these banks were going to shut him down, but it was gonna cost them too much money. So they said, keep your name on it, you have a brand, so we're gonna keep your brand and we're just gonna pay you for it. And that's what the rest really of his career was. Until of course he got the apprentice, made some money there, but for the most part, back to what I was saying earlier, four hundred plus thousand dollars from daddy, and he basically blew it all. So Donald Trump started scamming people in business, and now he's scamming the American public. And he just might win again. That's what's so scary. I know everybody out there does not want to hear that. But it's something that has to be said and we have to realize the possibility of it. And that's why it is so important to convince anybody that you know that might be on the fence or anybody that even says, I'm not going to vote to convince them that this time you really have to. So what I would say to some people, there are some people who are refusing to vote and they're like, I don't care about either party. I hate Donald Trump and Joe Biden's not going to do anything for me. And I 100 percent understand where you're coming from. From and I get it. But here's the only analogy I can give you that may help you just get over that hump and make your decision. Let's put it this way everybody out there is familiar with the lottery, right? So let's say the lottery is $200 million. Now you have two choices to play or not to play. If you do not play, there is a 0% chance that you're going to win the $200 million. But if you do play, there's still a very, 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 almost impossibly low chance that you're going to win the $200 million. But at least you have a chance. And you don't even have to hit all the numbers. You can maybe hit three numbers or four numbers and win maybe a little something. And to me, the Republican side and the Donald Trump side is the 0% chance. You've got no chance of getting anything out of a president if Donald Trump is elected again. At least with Joe Biden, there is a chance of something happening. And you may feel like it is the same odds of winning the lottery, but as they say, you cannot win if you do not play. Speaking of playing, the NFL is back. And with that, as with a lot of the sports, social justice awareness is prevalent But not everybody is too keen or happy about it. On Thursday night, the very first NFL game, the Houston Texans took on the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. And during the pregame festivities, both teams lined up, and locked arms together in a show of solidarity. Now keep in mind, this was not during any national anthem. It was not during the Black National Anthem, which they are playing as well in week one. It was just a show of solidarity that we all hope leads to some sort of change to eradicate systemic racism. The game was held in Kansas City, Missouri, where they did allow a certain number of fans to go in. They were all spread out and socially distancing, and I do believe they all had to wear masks. I'm not 100% sure about that. But as they stood with their arms locked together, some members of the crowd in Missouri decided that they needed to boo players getting together of all races and ethnicities. And again, not even during a national anthem, the crowd decided that they wanted to boo. When I say the crowd, I don't mean all of them, but there was enough of them where it was audible and, in my opinion, disheartening. I just really don't understand what you have in your heart or what you, who you are as a human being. When you get so angry about people, fellow Americans, fellow human beings saying enough is enough. And all we want you to do is just hear what we have to say and please help. That's basically what it's come down to. But what we're going to do is because we want to keep our racism alive, we're going to shift to the looters. OK, the looters aren't part of the protesters. Oh, yes, they are. They're ruin it for y'all. Ruining what? I don't agree with the looters. I agree with these guys standing together, though, and saying maybe we should end systemic racism. Is that okay? Can we can we do that? And if that is really the case, will you get on board with us? No, nope. the looters. Okay, well, this is a standoff that's not going to change. But you know what? That doesn't mean that the people who do have a heart and the people to, who truly do understand what's going on, Just keep moving forward and keep doing what you're doing. Do not allow yourself to get distracted. Do your best to have civil and logical conversations with people out there who just may not understand, but they want to. In fact, I was talking to a girl the other day, sweetest girl, she's so nice, but she's a little naive to the whole situation. And I think that she would admit that she was, which is, again, a good step in the right direction. But we were talking... And she agrees that there is systemic racism, but she had said something to the effect that, well, I wish that more black people would step up and say something and say that the looting and rioting is wrong. And I said, well, I'm not really sure what channels you're watching, but almost every single person that is a victim of let's say a police shooting their family is on tv saying don't loot don't riot so first of all you got to be a little bit more aware of these things and then i told her something that absolutely blew her mind i tried to explain to her that the black community is the minority in this country there's only 13 percent of this country that is black and she was like what that can't be true I said, it is a hundred percent true. It's like thirteen point four percent of the country is black. I said, what did you think it was? She thought it was like 75% of the country. I said, Are you kidding me? First of all, look around you. Just take one quick look around. How many black people do you see in this area? None. So right now, 100% of this area is white. Are you telling me outside of this, the rest of the area is black? I mean, use some logic, 75%, and see, that kind of stuff scares me because, again, I think it's the way it's portrayed. It's portrayed on television as if there are black people all over the place, and they're yelling, screaming, and looting, and rioting, and... I don't know how do we change that? How do you change that mentality? I would say the first step is do not watch any conservative media. None. You can watch Fox News from the hours of 11 a.m. to maybe 3 p.m. That's about it. Outside of that, Do not watch Fox News, do not listen to Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Alex Jones, or any of these other nutballs who are filling people's heads with garbage. And finally, as I said at the top of the show, I really am feeling for the people in California and Washington and Oregon with these horrible fires. I really do hope everybody stays safe. Now, one thing I did hear about one particular fire is that it was set because somebody used pyrotechnics during what is called a gender reveal party. And I'm sure you guys all know what that is. And look, I get it. I understand people get excited about their baby and they want to do something special and cool and different, but it's already been done. Let's stop the gender reveal parties. I know some of my audience might even go, hey, I like those things and I get it. I don't want to you know, really get into a big thing about this, but come on, enough's already. If you want to do it, just do something simple and something, you know, a little bit more on the down low. Using pyrotechnics for anything is a bad idea at all times, unless you are a professional and you're setting off professional fireworks or you are a lead singer of a rock band. Do not use pyrotechnics for anything. I mean, come on. And now look what has happened. There is an uncontrollable fire going on now that has killed people and it is forcing people away from their homes and not just forcing them away from their homes. They're going to wind up losing their homes. The other obvious cause of these fires is global warming. And we go back to why should you vote for Joe Biden? By the way, that's another thing that I get from people. They're like, explain to me why you'd vote for Joe Biden and don't mention Donald Trump. I was like, are you joking? That's the easiest question I've ever answered in my life. He's going to be more in tune with global warming and climate change. He's going to be more in tune for rights of all people. He's going to be more in tune of equal pay for women. I mean, there's a million things I can list why Joe Biden would be a better president than Donald Trump. He will get our standing back with our allies. They're not going to laugh at us like we're some kind of joke anymore. Vladimir Putin will no longer be running this country. And if there were bounties on our American soldiers, I promise you, he's going to be asked about it by Joe Biden. And speaking of Joe Biden, of course, we have almost seven weeks left until this election. Seven short weeks. It seems like a few weeks ago I was saying 10 weeks or 11 weeks. Now we're down to seven and it's going to be here before you know it. So it is so important. That everybody does their part. Donate any money you can, if you can. I'm actually donating here in the state of Florida to the Florida Democrats because Joe Biden needs to win Florida. If he wins Florida, then it's pretty much over. And he has a good chance of winning Florida. Barack Obama won Florida twice. And he barely beat Hillary in 2016. So my money is going right here in the state of Florida for Joe Biden. So if you can, donate. If you can't possibly be a volunteer where you are, whatever it is you can if you truly want Joe Biden to defeat Donald Trump. But anyway, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any questions or you want to contact me, you can reach me at Run's House Podcast. At gmail.com. Oh, another little programming note, as long as everything goes well this week, I will be live on What's Up People News TV with Frosty Knowledge, Oreo, and Frosty McNuggets. You know Frosty Knowledge and Oreo from my show, and I will be on their show this Friday, and it is live on on youtube so you guys can check that out and i will remind you guys on twitter if that is something that you want to check out uh also you can follow me on twitter at b run 13 please subscribe rate and review the show wherever you can you know by now how much that helps me i thank you guys so much for listening and we will be back again later on this week